Hello and welcome to another episode of the Back Check, the Hockey History Podcast. My name is Riley. Over there somewhere is Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good. How about you? I'm doing great, thanks. And today we have an episode uh, dedicated to power forwards. So as usual, we have an eligible player, a, a recently inducted player, 2013, I believe this time, and an old timer. So for our eligible player, we have Shane Doan. For our uh, recently inducted player, we have Brendan Shanahan. And finally, for our old timer, we have Punch Broadbent, uh, whose name you would think would suggest he's either a power forward or a goon, and <laughs> who is apparently the first ever power forward or one of the first ever power forwards. Nice. So um, we're going to start things off with uh, <laughs> Shane Doan. And I'm oh, laughing. don't you laugh at Shane Doan. I like Shane Doan a lot. So I'm going to be, I'm going to probably try really hard to want to push him for the hall. I don't know if I can, but I'm going to try probably. I, I don't know if you can either, uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm chuckling because I don't think there's a case, but. Okay. Um, I happen to be a big Shane Doan fan. I always thought he was the missing ingredients on many of my teams where I'm like, if we could just get Shane Doan, we'd be great. And you could never get him out of there. And then the one year he thought about leaving, they're like, he might go to Vancouver, but like, no, nah, he's not going to. He's going to go back to Phoenix and show some loyalty because he's their captain. And then they got rid of him when they deemed him not necessary anymore. I'm like, <laughs> you couldn't have just kept him around for another year. He still wanted to play. Like, yeah, he, he could have had many shots at a cup because he was a very useful player, even until late in his career. And just yeah. they, 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 they used his loyalty and then just, eh, we're going to get rid of him. Like, wow. I'm certainly not crazy. denying that he was a good player. I think he was yeah. a decent player. I just don't think. There's a case. Um, I, I, I think he's borderline. I think he's his stats might not bear out sort of like what he meant to those teams. And I think you have to factor in how terrible the Coyotes were for pretty much his yeah. entire career. Like they were brutal, uh, like easily the worst team in the league. Yeah. And, and about that, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, mm -hmm. The only, the only, uh, so he's 15th all time in games played. So that, that's the thing. That's the thing. Uh, I think. The, in terms of career numbers, if you're, mm -hmm. if you're big into people being, um, you know, in in like say like my my thing used to be, you know, you're in the top 25 and something, you probably belong in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. So like he's 15th all time in games played. He he has 400 goals, um, but he's only got 972 points. Yeah, and that's in 1540 games. Yeah, um, the point total's not high. His point total is not high. And uh, the other thing, as you just mentioned, the Coyotes were bad. Oh, yeah. Well, he's um, a minus 54, and there's no way a guy that... He's a know, minus 54. Yeah, and moreover... I, 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 don't, I don't think of Shane Doan as being a minus player. You know, he made, he made Team Canada a couple of times. Like, he's yeah. a re he was a good player. <laughs> yeah. But just, just for the record, mm -hmm. um, of the, the players uh, to have been drafted since the expansion in 1967-68 to play at least 1,500 games, he is last in plus minus. Which just goes to show you how terrible the Coyotes were. Yeah, Not yeah. You know. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I'm sympathetic to that, but yeah. I'm just for the I know, I know. It, it doesn't bode well, but it's like, I, I, I'm trying to think of... Um, when we were looking at Phil Housley too, and you're just like, how yeah. is this guy a minus? Like when he played on a lot of really bad teams, like they yeah. were getting smoked. So yeah. And, and the thing is given that Doan is a forward as well, it's even less his fault. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. right. Cause he's playing 
his average time on ice there for the majority of his career is, is yeah. under 19 minutes, which is very typical for, you know, top six forward. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, anyway, uh, and he, you know, if you do, if you lower the qualifier to 1250 games, he's no longer last. He becomes six last. Cause there's a bunch of guys from the eighties who are like minus a <laughs> thing or other, uh, <laughs> who didn't play quite as long as he did. So, um, so that makes him look a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should talk about his draft. Probably mm-hmm. the 95 uh, draft. Yes. He was a, a um, but I seven, quite right. Uh, he was, what was he? Was he, uh, sorry. Yeah. He was seventh. You're absolutely right. He's seventh. Yeah. So, I mean, Seventh is a, a spot where you expect him to end up sort of where he did in terms of um, as a pretty infamous draft because of the whole like two defensemen at the top debate. The American or the Canadian was going to go first uh, with Berard and Wed. Uh, sorry, Berard and Redden. Yeah. Um, Raid Wedden. I, I, I just reverted to my five-year-old self with the yeah. Wade Wedden. Um, <laughs> the Wed Web, it went across the road. Um, yeah. Apparently that's how I used to talk until my, my mom fixed it for me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even making that up. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, Doan sort of fits in if it wasn't for Iginla, who I, and you know what, I was actually without even realizing that they were in the same draft. I was about to make that comparison earlier and say, Shane Doan to me is like a poor man's Jerome Iginla. It's like, well, he got drafted yeah. ahead of him by uh, four picks. They were on the but, same team. I mean, that's the infamous, uh, well, the, your, one of your buddies there, Aki Berg, uh, Chad Kilger, who, man, he looked like he was going to be good and just yeah. never quite hit you know, it. The, like, he, the top of the draft is, is generally bad, though, though it yeah. gets, if you, if you sort it by games, there's a bunch mm-hmm. of decent players. Like, yeah, uh, I'm just looking at round one and just sort yeah. of, you know, Peter Sephora was all right. Uh, Martin played quite a bit. Denny Gauthier was okay. Uh, like, there's some NHLers in there, but nobody who lit it up the way that, I mean, Iginla is obviously like the far and away best player, but, yeah. you know, Doan to me is probably the second best player. Uh, maybe Jiguer, but other than that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We got to factor in the injury there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, that would be, and the other thing is we also, and, and, I don't want to get No, Savard wasn't round one. No, Savard wasn't round one. No, yeah, Savard I, I was just talking about round one. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other thing is we have to remember that prior to whatever happened to Wade Redden, yes. uh, I, I have heard rumors about that, but I probably shouldn't say yeah. what those rumors were. No, I, I, yeah, I've, I think we've heard rumors. We don't know what injuries yeah. he may have had. We don't know what happened with him. But, but prior um, to that, he was very good. He was very good. Yeah, I, I, I would say I think Shane Doan is was always a slightly better player than Wade Redden, but Wade Redden was a very competent number two defenseman. Um, yeah, but I'm, and, I'm and of the, the belief that Doan's a first line next player. to Chara. Um, yes, and then, yeah, and then Chara left, and then everyone's like, "Oh, Wade Redden isn't quite as good as we thought it was." He was still good after that, though. And then all yeah. of a sudden, he hit a cliff, and it was he like, fell "Whoa, a cliff!" Yeah, he's, he's not just like just okay anymore it's like he like i would say his cliff was even worse than the commissariat cliff that happened the minute he stepped away well, from markov it was because like whoa this Redden guy was speak. much better than commissariat at his peak well, that's, or... true. that's true but commissariat looked great when he played next to markov though yeah, I mean, yeah you actually thought he was like that he was worth that money and then the minute he played away from markov you're like oh this guy yeah. I, 
you know what? That's not fair to Commissaric too, because until he got his face broken by Lucic, he was he was pretty good, and then he sort of really trailed off after that. Mm-hmm. And he seemed to lose a little bit of the zip, and then fought him again when he was a Leaf. Because <laughs> like, I don't I don't know what's wrong with Commissaric that he would agree to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, even though I I remember that game where he fought. Um, he ended up fighting Lucic again, and Lucic is like, seriously, you want to fight me again? Like, I'm the guy like broke your yeah. face last time and he did it anyways and like even the bruins bent for stick tapping like that guy's crazy like way to go <laughs> like, all right it's your funeral but like so yeah. if you do the draft by uh points mm-hmm. it's iggy number one yeah Doan number two sakura savard damon lankow uh radic dvorak michael mm-hmm. hanzus uh Jochen heck uh sammy kapanen and then wade redden okay yeah this sort of trails off yeah. Well, I mean, those are all names you recognize, right? Those are yeah, rock yeah. solid NHLers who played, you know, top six or at least top nine. Um, we've got a couple of great goalies in there, uh, Kippersoff and uh, yeah. Jaguar. But I mean, it's 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 not the most notable draft, but the the top ten is pretty decent. Um, yeah, I mean, you got at least one surefire Hall of Famer in there, and you've got yeah. a bunch of, you know, you know, uh, I. Uh, Lankow and, and Sakura were first line players at times. And yes, and, so and then I, got injured and had other yeah. things happen to them. Yeah. Dvorak, maybe less so. Uh Hanzeus was not a first line player. Yeah. Heck wasn't a first line player. Kapanen yeah. wasn't. But you know, a but few. at the same time, they were fine players. Like they were not busts. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, we're yeah. talking about some pretty decent players. Kyle McLaren yeah. was good for a little while. Um yeah, there were some good players in there, but I mean seven I think- players to play in at least a thousand games. Yeah, and I would say, you know, except for a Ginla, I don't think anybody else has a rock-solid case for uh, just, he's a surefire guy. Off. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Kipper. Uh, maybe John, maybe J.S. Giger, too. He, he won a cup. Yeah, um, he did. He did. He, he went to two finals, was largely responsible for the the first time they went. Oh, man, that was like mostly yeah. him. Well, I mean, also the style they played with the clutch and grab and that, but, I mean, he was incredible that year. He won the he won the Conn Smythe as uh, the uh, the losing goalie, yeah. so something to be said about that too. So I may mean, he might have a case down the road as yeah. a goalie, but, yeah, but uh, like yeah. a couple, yeah. So it's not the best draft ever, but it's hardly it's far from the worst too. Like exactly. it's, a de- it's decent, it's decent. There's a bunch of good players that came out yeah. of it, and and I would I would argue that Doan is a top five player from that draft. I would uh, say he's he's top. Three forward, top three. If we're not, forward, if we're not counting the goalies, I think I was counting the goalies as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair, fair. Um. All right. So, uh, also we'll talk about his era. Um. He also he played a long time. Uh, sure so, fifty games between ninety five and twenty eleven, and there were only fourteen players who did that. And he is a, a top ten player in that regard offensively. Um. So, like, six in goals, for example, ninth assists, seventh in points. And, you know, again, Lo would be one of the guys on that list. Um, Yager, maybe? Um, yeah. I'm not sure who else off the top of my head. 95 to 2017. Yeah, that's a, that's a really long career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I'm, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. I didn't write them down. But anyway, um, yeah. So, I mean, like top 10 uh, player of his era in terms of offense. So, you know, that and the part of partly that's just the longevity, right? Like, um, yeah. sorry, uh, sorry. Only again, and him played 1500 games. So it's actually, sorry, 
14 players played 1,250 games, sorry, because it's okay. a really, it's a lot of games. And it was yeah. just him and again who played the 1,500. But anyway, um, of the 1,200, uh, 14 players that played 1,250 games, he's a top 10 player offensively. Um, his 82 game average is uh, 52 points in 82 games, which is, you know, it, at least in part has a lot to do with him playing it, the first chunk of his career, you know, in clutch and grab era. The first decade, really. I mean, yeah. Um, but also that is, you know, that if I, if I was making the case against, I would point to that because 52 points age oh, yeah, game average. Exactly. We see guys in the hall who have well over a point per game. Sometimes even from the guys from the 80s, obviously, yeah. have more than oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. But, yeah. Um, I mean, and I think Aginla's A2 game average was like 60-something, I believe, um, mm-hmm. if memory serves, before it was adjusted for era. Yeah. Um, Dome's adjustment for error helps him a little bit, but it only bumps him up to 57. So. Yeah, which is yeah, it's it, 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 the numbers don't jump out at you, but he never he was never a guy who scored 50. No. Um, he's never a guy who put up crazy amounts of numbers, he was just like that rock solid guy who was always going to get you 50 ish points, he was going to put up 20, 25 ish goals. He was gonna, you know, lock down the other team. He was gonna hit hard, go get the putt. Like he did, he did a lot of great things and did it so consistently, but without the flash of the numbers that maybe, um, like a Mike Gartner or somebody like that would put up. Right. So, to me, he's like, a, you... he's like a power forward version of Mike Gartner. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm trying pretty hard to make a case for him, but it's, it's yeah. difficult. Can I can I tell you one of my favorite things back in the uh, in the like early two thousands was Absolutely. like when was Gretzky in charge of the Coyotes? Uh, years, I cannot remember which years. I might have to look it up. Anyway, I just remember him many times like being quoted in the press as saying, "We've got one of the best young players in the league in Shane Doan," and by that point, Shane Doan was like twenty six, twenty seven. <laughs> you're like, um. Do you know how old he is? He's yeah, but 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 at that time though, I think you know to not that Gretzky needs to be defended. He's Wayne Gretzky, but um, I, I think at that point, if you were like under thirty, you were considered a good young player because the league was so veteran heavy. Like yeah. now, it's like you're now it's like you're above twenty five. You're you're basically dead. Like <laughs> then it like seriously like people coming in now like if you haven't. Like uh, Marty St. Louis just got inducted, right? And they're talking yeah, about yeah. how, you know, he kept trying and trying. And then finally, when he was in his like mid to late 20s, he finally stuck and then blossomed. And it's like yeah. nowadays, if you're 23 and you haven't been in the NHL, you haven't scored 20 goals yet, you're considered like a full on bust. Like just, ah, that guy's done. He's never going to make that it. That is like, that is true. And it's gone yeah. kind of far the other way. It's really shifted. That be- yeah. That being said, I believe the historic average peak offensive forwards is like right around 25. So like yeah. there are players like St. Louis and, and uh, Shanahan mm-hmm. and Recky and people like that and Sackick and people like that who are able to keep scoring well into uh, later years. But on the whole, it seems like, like the, the average forward peaks quite early. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I just, I just, I just found it funny because he he said it a lot. I feel like when he was uh, he was in charge, and it was mm-hmm. just funny because you're like you're looking up Shane Doan's age, and you're like, well, 
you know, he's not as young as you think he is, it seems. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I always enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> so he actually, uh, I mean, he had, he had fine uh, coursing numbers for the, the, you know, the second, the last third of his career. Um, uh, he, uh, last third? Yeah, last third-ish. I mean, he was just an average possession player, but you got to assume, A, uh, they were probably better when he was younger, and B, he was on, um, he was on uh, Phoenix slash Arizona, and uh, it's worth noting that though he had a close to average Corsi four and average Fenwick four, he had a positive relative Corsi and Fenwick, so he was better than his teammates. Yeah, Which is not really a surprise. He was pretty much he was pretty much the best player on that team for many years. I'm possibly his entire career <laughs> very like quite possibly from the time they were the jets and became the coyotes. Maybe you could argue when Keith Kachuk and Ronick first and started Ronick. the coyotes and they had those God like mosaic uniforms that they had. Um, yeah. I think except for that right at the beginning of the Phoenix coyotes, right after they were switched from being the jets to the coyotes, I think Doan was far and away their best player. And the other thing is he had no continuity, right? Yeah. Like those, he was he was there all the time. Yeah. But they kept bringing in like bringing in new like star players mm-hmm. for him to play with. You know, yeah. I remember that one that one year Ray Whitney was there or something. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, and, like, do we really consider Ray Whitney to be a star player? It's like no, they brought in another well, iffy. Like they brought in a first liner to a potential first liner to play with him and see how I, that I know you like Shane Doan, but if you look at Ray Whitney's uh, career numbers, there are a lot. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like Ray Whitney's there's, there's a lot of players who their numbers might be better, but you just know they're not a better hockey player. Like Ray, there's no, there's no planet in the solar system where Ray Whitney is a better hockey player than Shane Doan. I think we both know that. <laughs> like, well, regardless, yeah. My point was that there was like a new guy, mm-hmm. like a new center or a new winger for him to play with like all the time. Yeah. You but know? I mean, it's not, it's not like they got Yager to play with him. They got Ray Whitney. Who's yeah, like, yeah. he might put up slightly better numbers than Doan and like, yeah, they'll play great together and their numbers will both go up. Be like, yeah, but like it's, you didn't bring him a guy who's going to elevate him from what he already does. What like, I mean is that like there was, there wasn't consistency, right? Like, I agree. One yeah. year was Damon Lankow and then it was Danny Briere and it was Ray Whitney and it was like Antoine Vermette or whatever, or like, you know, Radham Verbata. I, I always confuse those two guys for some reason. Makes no sense. <laughs> um, but I feel like they were both on the team at some point. Yes. I don't know. It feels he to was. me like Phoenix had different players like all the damn time. Yeah, he did. And, and even the players, even the supposedly like, let's say less defensively responsible more offensive players that Phoenix did bring in to sort of compliment Don't they didn't put up like a lot more points than he did already. So it's like, you might be helping him by getting some more points on that line, but he's going to have to look after those guys. Cause they're not the most defensively responsible guys in the world. And, and so to your like, point, yeah. To your general point about Don being, uh, uh, better than say his minus and, and, and these other players, he actually, his minus 54, half of that is from one season. Yeah. In when he was 38. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when oh that uh, year that they just where they had been contenders for a few years and they just fell off a cliff like yeah, just the best done. forward on the team by points was uh was uh Antoine Vermette with thirty five points in sixty three games. Um, <laughs> Sam Gagne had forty one <laughs> points, but they were that was in eighty one games. So wow, um, it was like uh, Ekman Larson led the team with forty three points. Amazing. And, yeah. So, you know, if you remove that one season from his career, Doan is like minus of yeah. uh, like, what would that be? 25 or yeah. something instead of 54. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's like another year that accounts for another third of it too. So, yeah, I mean, Listen, I mean, I, 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 I get why you like him, and I. Uh... Yeah, I, you know what, I, I think, I think a certain. You just mentioned Oliver Ekman Larson. I think that's what's going to end up with his career too if he keeps staying there. Yeah. And it's anybody who's a Coyotes fan is going to hate this podcast because it sounds like we're just crapping on the team, but it's not. We like some of the players. Yeah. Just the management never gives them anything to work with. So you get yeah. this elite guy, and to me, Oliver Ekman Larson is oh, he's far great. Away. He is a top five defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. He's nobody knows it because when do you ever watch? Unless Phoenix playing your team, you never watch one of their games. Yeah. And with, same thing with Don. I would wa- every time I'd see Don, I'd be like, "Man, that guy's good." And I really enjoyed watching him play. And I'm like, if we could just get him in Vancouver, he would. Because, but every time I'd watch him, I'd re- like marvel at how good he was because I never saw him. So I'd I'd watch him play ten games a year and be like, every time I see that guy play, he's so hard to play against. I'm like, no wonder he makes Team Canada. You know, like it made sense to me. But it's just well, and Larson's the same thing. Just like the guys buried there. If you're not a Phoenix fan, you don't watch him every game. You don't realize how wonderful of a hot like you know how wonderfully he plays the game. And then it's like at the end of the guy's career, all of his stats aren't as good as they could have been if he would have played on a much better team. And then you're just like, you're sort of stuck. Like, yeah, absolutely. This guy's not going to make the haul because he played on a shitty team his whole career. It's like, it's not that guy's fault. He's a great player. And to your point, and also related to what, what we've talked about in previous episodes with regard to bias towards West Coast teams, or in this case, a shitty team in the desert that nobody watches. Yes. Doan's best Selkie finish. Mm-hmm. Is twenty uh, fifth. You got to be kidding! <laughs> no, seriously, that's wow. That's it. bad. He's <laughs> he's been it, he's been voted for twice, twenty fifth and forty second. Wow. So there are two possibilities there. Yeah. One possibility is that, and don't take this the wrong way. Your memory is wrong. That's and the other possibility is that nobody watched them because they sucked, and everyone ignored him because the rest of the team sucked. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I mostly did not watch the coyotes, but I, like you, I did watch him play internationally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I definitely feel like seeing him without even a top like 15 finish for a Selkie is, is a bit of a surprise. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's weird. Cause like he won the King Glancy, which whatever, who cares? But like, he's mostly <laughs> just nominated for the lady bang over and over again. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing too. He, he was never, he was never, ever a dirty player, but he played really hard, really clean. You know, when it was, when he got a clean hit, he hit the guy hard, but he never, and if he had to fight because somebody did something to a teammate, yes, but he wasn't going out being a cheap guy, a dirty guy. And I, you know, I remember that year that they made it to the Western conference finals on Mike Smith was standing on his head. Um, 
and they ended up playing the LA Kings. And I remember uh, Dustin Brown buried somebody, and he was really upset about it. Yeah. And I remember in the in I remember in the handshake line how like visibly upset he was, and he talked to Dustin Brown for a while. And I'm I'm sure he must have told him he's like, next time I see you, like we're gonna have to drop him. Like he was still trying to stand up yeah. for a teammate even after the series was over. But I just he played so he played so well in that playoffs, and he was getting up there in years at that point. I thought that was sort of his last hurrah. And I'm like, in 2012, was, yeah. 2012. I mean, that's five years before he retired, and he was still bringing it. Like he was still their best player. He was 35. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, age 35 season. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's, that's something else, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, you know, like, like I said, I didn't watch him much, but mm-hmm. I think that it's, it's safe to say that he is a perfect example of what happens when you get drafted by the wrong team. Yeah. And then you're loyal to that team, you know, yeah. because here's a guy who, I uh, listen. I, I mean, we're gonna go through the rest of his numbers soon. I don't think he. I don't think there's a case. Period. Yeah. But I think that if he had played for an East Coast team mm-hmm. or a better West Coast team, um, that he would definitely have gotten more Selkie votes because there are guys I know for a fact. I can look up Selkie voting right now and find like people bonkers, bonkers people on the Selkie voting list <laughs> for East Coast teams where you're like, who? You know, yeah. Tyler Bozak, um, among other people. <laughs> uh, where you're just like, wait a minute, what? That guy? Um, and and who, you know, and the fact that like Doan, yeah, I, I think absolutely he got fucked over by who he played for and the fact that he was loyal to them, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, and not to go off on a rant, but for for those people out there who prefer to who like take the side of owners um in in like in player ownership disputes mm-hmm. you know the loyalty players show to teams is great until it's not yeah and you know, like you don't you're not rewarded the only way you're rewarded for for loyalty in sports as a player is like this kind of like legacy stuff like he he, yeah. he has the most games ever for the the uh, you know um, uh, old Jets slash Coyotes franchise, yeah. like okay, mm-hmm. well that's great, but like you know his career probably suffered as a result of that loyalty. Yeah. We're gonna think of him differently as a result of that loyalty, even yeah. though the time had he left demanded a trade, we would have crucified him. Oh yeah, of course, and you know the thing is too, like like Doan was such a you know I kept thinking of him like just like if. To me, it was when he almost came to Vancouver, and I'm like, if we put him with the Sedins, he could legit score forty or fifty goals. Like he just needs the puck because he can, he can, he can score. Just he's never played with that caliber of player on his line before. And you know, this this coming from like a you know, a, you know, a, a drooling fantasy hockey perspective from a Vancouver fan, where I'm like, yeah. if we just get Shane Doan, everything will be okay. We can still win a cup. Mm-hmm. We're not falling apart. No, these guys aren't getting too old. We're going to be okay. We need one more old guy. So I was getting into that sort of like early 2000s Leafs territory where if we just get this one guy, yeah, everything yeah. will be okay. Um, but I think that what's what's the, the part that irks me the most is that Doan uh, could have had a chance to go and try to win cups later in his career, um, which I – one of the reasons I'm not the biggest Ray Bork fan in the world that I think he should have just stayed there. And I think he was a lock for a hall, the hall of fame. Anyway, yeah, I understand he that he wanted his cup, but he, yeah. 
he showed loyalty and the team finally said, Hey, we'll give you a shot. It's it, like, it worked out. Okay. And it wasn't like he forsook the team or whatever. Yeah. Um, but in like Doan's case, he showed unwavering unbelief. He was a free agent and could have gone to Vancouver without yeah. having to d- demand a trade and still stayed in Phoenix and said, nah, I'm going to go there and retire as a coyote. And then when like, he still wanted to play and they got rid of him. I'm like, now we're moving into a younger direction. We're not signing him. And it's like, well, that's the way it works. No, no, but I mean, just like, can you not say, okay, Shane, we're going to sign you for one more year and you're going to do your farewell tour. You've, you've shown so much loyalty to our team. We love having you as the captain. We're going to, you know, let you usher in these new guys and we're going to reduce your ice time a bit, but you're going to, we're going to make sure you like nothing, just we're cutting you. Bam. You're done. I was like, you pieces of shit. Like, I'm sure Coyotes fans must feel the same way. Well, that's, I mean, but that's what yeah. I'm saying, right? Like, that's, it's like yes, the loyalty goes one on, way, right? but like you move on once the guy, like, you know, he'd given up all those years where he could have been a key contributor on a cup winner. And you're like, nah, now we're done with you. And now nobody else really wants him for a cup run. And he at this point says, well, what's the point? Like I played my whole career for one team. Why am I going to move now? Yeah. I'm 40. Like, I gave you all my great years, like, or even my good years, but, you know? So yeah, but it's just, I think loyalty goes one way, right? The players are loyal yep. and people want them to be loyal and people reward them for being loyal. When they aren't loyal, they get mad, but the franchise can do whatever the fuck it wants. Exactly. And, well, yeah. I mean, I, I know you don't follow football as much as I do, um, or possibly at all. Um, but Not today, anymore, I don't follow it at all. Yeah, the, anyway. there's a Steelers running back named Le'Veon Bell, and he didn't sign today. Mm-hmm. Um, and today was the last day he could have signed on his franchise tag. Yeah. And the franchise tag in the NFL works that if the team wants to keep you, but they don't want to sign you to a long-term deal, they can keep you for one more year, but they have to pay you the average of whatever the top five players at your position make. So this year, they would have had to pay him $14 million, and they chose to do so. But the NFL doesn't. The, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, 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 I can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so Le'Veon Bell signed this, you know, $14 million one-year tender. He decided not to sign it this year because he signed it last year and he said, hey, don't franchise me again. And they said, ah, we're going to do it again because they're allowed to. And it's like their contracts aren't guaranteed. So, yes, he can make $14 million this year. But if he breaks his leg in game five, and he's never the same or he can never play again. He doesn't get any long-term money. Yeah. And then ever, you know, people are like, oh, I should come play for the Steelers. But like, no, he shouldn't. They should give him the long-term deal or tell him, Hey, we're going to trade you or, you know, like take a walk, like go get your money somewhere else, but we're not paying you. And like, yeah. he's got a point. And there was a guy in the NFL this year that it happened to um, Earl Thomas and he fought his off. And then eventually after like the, I think right at like training camp ended and he came to play the regular season. And in game four or five, he broke his leg. And as he went off the field, he was flipping off his own sideline because he was so mad because he knew it had just cost him millions and millions of dollars of long-term money because they don't have guaranteed contracts. And they're allowed to just say, ah, one year deal, you have to sign it or you can't play for anybody else. And it's like, this is in the NFL. yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's just one of those things where it's like, if the player shows you the loyalty to say, yeah, I want to be, you know, I want to play for this team for the rest of my life. And you want to sign the guy in the NFL, you pay like a cap penalty. If you let it, if you release him, but you can still release him. And then he doesn't get paid for the days that he plays, but he does get paid like all the bonus money that he's made. 
So like he's, he gets the money, like he doesn't get, he gets the money for like whatever season he's in. But if there's five years left on his contract, you can get rid of that money, cut him. And then he can sign with somebody else. But if he's hurt so badly, he can't play anymore. That's why they, the NFL bonuses are like more than half the contract. Cause the guys are trying to set themselves up for life. The NHL, it's like you get that contract, but if you keep going season to season to season, like it's it's a different thing in the in the NHL. But the point about loyalty is just like, yeah, it's always very few owners will ever do something where you're like, wow, they really took care of that player. They were really good to him. Like it's so, very rare. So the NBA is closer to the NHL than it is to the NFL. Yeah. But what happened in Toronto this summer, of course, is that. Uh, oh, I know, yeah. <laughs> the long time... Well, listen, I, I'm fully on the side of management with regard to this trade, which some people in Toronto probably think that's a terrible thing to say. But I do understand, and I do think it's... it's The player who got traded to Rosen has a, the right to be angry because mm-hmm. he took a pay cut yeah. to stay here. And not only that, his goal was to be the first star player in Toronto history to be drafted and not leave. He actually yeah. said that publicly at one point. Wow. Like he was like trying not to be Carter and mm-hmm. McGrady and Bosch and they traded him. Yeah. And it just goes to show, uh, I mean, I will say that there were some people here who were very, very upset about the trade. Yeah. Um, I would say irrationally upset, but like I, I get why he's upset was upset about it oh, because yeah. frankly he was the first he was the first star player to embrace um, Toronto yeah to embrace Toronto and be like I'm not going anywhere mm-hmm. uh, you don't have to worry about it and and that had not happened in in Raptors history before and it was very valuable and it, it was you know it was great and yeah. I I think you know he should be commended for that I'm glad he did that um he was better than I ever thought he was gonna be when he was drafted Mm-hmm. On the other hand, in that particular instance, they traded him for a better player. Oh yeah, the, the now the better player may not want to stick around after this year, and that is a problem. But yes. um, like I, I don't, I, I get, I what I guess by bringing it up, I'm saying that like I understand if players didn't do what he did. Yes, I understand when players want to leave because mm-hmm. they they should know that the team doesn't feel the same way. Exactly. You know? yes. The public may say you should be loyal, but the team is going to like, the team's going to trade DeMar for uh, Kawhi every time they get a chance. Yeah. And in the case of uh, Shane Doan to, to bring it back to hockey, they're going to like refuse to sign a 41 year old Shane Doan, even though he's been there for 20 years, 21 years, rather yeah. 21 years, 22 years, 22, yeah. Yeah. 21, yeah, 21. Um, yeah, it's in there. because you know because it it's better for them and they don't give a shit and and we should just as the public we should realize that like we should stop demanding loyalty of our uh you know of our, of our athletes, athletes yeah 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 and the thing is it's like it's extra crappy because don't you know when when a player does show that kind of loyalty doesn't go for the greener pastures doesn't go for the big paycheck shouldn't we then reward him with a a nice really nice send-off a job in you know uh management or scouting like give him a job help him transition into retirement but you know keep his community things going even though he's retired 
like nothing. Nat, we're just, well, I, you know what? Honestly, like, like I don't follow the coyotes that closely. Maybe yeah. they have done some of that stuff, but like to no just idea. like to, to not have like Shane Doan get to like wave to the crowd and leave in a uniform is really weird when he was your guy for 20 years. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. To me. And I, yeah. you know, like the, the way that the Sedins went out, I thought was like perfect, but they like didn't announce it till there were five games left. Cause that's their sort of deal. They don't yeah. like the limelight that much. Yeah. But they sort of realize, like, if we don't, and we just all of a sudden, like, yeah, we retired, we're done. Like, people, are, people would be upset. So they're like, ah, we should like give it a, you know, give yeah. give people a chance to come out. We'll wave to them. We'll say goodbye. It's like you should have afforded. If you should have told Shane Doan, hey, we're not going to sign you next year because we're going to go with a younger route. So uh, you know, if you're thinking or, about retiring, yeah, but I think they 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 hired the new uh, GM out there, the young guy uh, Cheka, I think his name is. Okay. Um, John Cheka and uh, when they hired him he was like the youngest guy new stats guy and everything it's like so if he doesn't think Shane Doan helps his team shouldn't he at least say like hey man we're going to play you this year we're going to sit you some games we're going to play on the fourth line some games but like but we want to make sure you get a chance to say goodbye to the fans if that's what you want and then if Shane Doan said no if I'm going to play I'm going to play you know top six like well and then we're going to have to you know sort of yeah. let you go at some point like how about you play the year with us and we'll, we'll move you at the deadline to a contender and try to get you a cup. Like that's the best we can do for you. Kind of like at least try to meet, maybe they had those discussions, who knows, but yeah, it just, know. it, 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 I don't know. I don't, it'd be interesting to hear how Shane don't feels about it. <laughs> um, so yeah. he was a very consistent player. He scored 20 goals, 13 times. Yeah. And 50 points, 11 times. So that's that's a fair amount. It's not among the most ever, but it's a fair amount, um, especially given the era he played in. Mm-hmm. He had two all-star game appearances and a bunch of weekly stars. With, um, I mean, I think the the other thing that that we could talk about at least a little bit that does at least suggest that maybe he deserves at least a little bit of consideration is, um, you know, and, and we don't talk about this much with hockey. Yeah. But he was the MVP of a Memorial Cup. Yep. Um, which is something that, like, it's weird because I've, I've, you know, I've, as I've sort of hinted at, uh, not just in this conversation in the past, I've become more of a basketball fan in recent years than, yeah, than hockey. Um, partly because uh, f- about five years ago, my soul was destroyed by the Toronto Maple Leafs at some point. <laughs> um, and, they, and then they suddenly got good again, and I'm like, but I can't, I can't care as much anymore because you killed me. But anyway. Um, uh, in, in basketball, uh, college counts for hall of fame. Like Mm -hmm. people care about it. Yeah. You don't pay attention to junior and college so much when it comes to hockey. But, um, I I think that's just because we have so many different leagues and the level of competition in each one is so different that you're like, you can point to a guy and say like, you know, um, you know, um, uh, Austin Matthews putting up numbers with the US NDP and then his numbers in Switzerland. But like, you can point to those numbers and say he was clearly great in both leagues, but you're like, how do I compare him to a guy who was ripping it up in the OHL? I have no yeah. idea. Like, I don't know how good the hockey was. So, and that's, it's and really that's tricky. why we should uh, reform the Memorial Cup, but that is a different story. Um, Ooh, that's, those are bold words. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Shane Doan was an MVP of the Memorial Cup, which some people claim is the hardest trophy to win in, in sports. I don't know 
that that's true. Well, but, I mean, you, you go through the gauntlet of your own league, and then once you win, then you have to go play another like four games in three days. Against, yeah, like, the well, other I'm not. I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm just yeah. not sure it's the hardest trophy. I, I I think the Stanley Cup is you know very well regarded as yeah. the hardest trophy to win because just that I, gauntlet of teams is just insane. yeah. I think there's there's lots of hard trophies, and I I don't know who who comes out. But the fact is, Shane Doan was an MVP of the '95 Blazers. Um, I believe his uh, teammates, again, was one team. I think Darcy Tucker was also on that team. If I really? remember. Wow. I think so. Team. Back when Darcy Tucker was like a good, like hockey prospect. That was a, that Blazers team a couple years. They won back to back, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were, uh, they were like, they had a bunch of future NHLers and they were very good. Um, I didn't watch them because I was in high school and didn't know the WHL existed. But um <laughs> They were very a uh, couple years there. They were very good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kamloops Blazers, is it or yeah, Kelowna? Yeah, it's, Kam- it's Kam- Kamloops. Yeah. Um, and also, sorry, Kelowna is the Rockets. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Um, I I haven't done a, a WHL hockey quiz in a while, so I can't remember. <laughs> Uh, he was also, uh, he had some, um, he, he played a, a reasonable, uh, he, he was on a world cup champion in 04, though. I don't think he was a huge, he played a huge role. I think he was a, a checker, which makes sense. Uh, and as Bill mentioned, he also, uh, was on one, uh, Coyotes team that made it uh, a couple rounds into the playoffs and he, um, he was a top three forward on one world on two world champions, sorry, including a captain of one of them, and he also um, had roles on other Canadian um, world championship runners up mm-hmm. that didn't do as well. But he has some international uh, cred, and yeah. uh, you know, so he 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 uh, yeah. I mean, like for me, he's he's a nice player. He was a good player. I just I don't. I don't think there's anything there that you could argue. I mean, if you're, if you're, my attitude is if you're inducting him, the bars, you're letting in a lot of other people. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think if you were to look at the lower members of the hall of fame and say, maybe we can squeak down in, then I think, or not even squeak him in say, ah, put him in Mike Gardner's in this guy's in that guy's in. You're like, yeah, you can make a case for him. But if you're looking at the, what should be the hall, then I would say absolutely not. Someone like, somewhere is losing their mind because you keep bringing up Mike Gartner in relation yes, to Shane Doan, well, even though he scored 300 more goals than Shane Doan did. Yes, I know, but he also played in a different era and did yeah. different stuff. And also, <laughs> if if he's that upset, Mike Gartner should call in. <laughs> uh, I, You know, I feel bad for always picking on him, but it's the one everyone points to. We could point to a guy like Andrew Chuck. Um, Federko, pick on Federko. Federko, like guys who were just very good for very long or played on important teams, but maybe wasn't the best individual on that team and might have been just sort of along for the ride. Um, it's hard to compare eras. To me, Doan is probably the, you know, if we were to have a Hall of Fame, the, the way the Hall of Fame is, I would obviously keep a lot of guys out who were already in. I think I've made that statement many times. But to me, if you're keeping the hall the way it is right now, Doan's like the top tier of the guys who just barely don't make it. Like he's right, he's close, but not quite, you know? Yeah, um, I, I can't get there. I can't get there at all. 
Really? Like you don't think he's close, but he can't even like he's like I don't think he should make it, but he should be. He's he's close enough. I think if you compare his resume to some guys we've decided don't belong, I I, th- I think that's a product of his crappy teams. Because if he has two cups to his name, I think we're thinking very differently. I mean, maybe he he never scored more than thirty goals. Um, that, he was never, but he also played in a pretty bad era when he was in yeah, his prime. But so. he was never a top ten offensive player in the league. Yeah, um, he has very little playoff success, which is not his fault. Yeah. Um, he does have international stuff, mm-hmm. and he does have junior stuff, which a lot of people don't. Um, but like he doesn't ha- like you know he doesn't have the eighty two game average. He doesn't have the. I mean, the only thing he has in terms of career counting stats is the games played. Yeah, um, I just, I just, I can't, I can't see it. I, I think like there are guys even who aren't in, who, um, who we haven't necessarily got to yet. Who like, like say like Ronick or something where we get to who have significantly better cases. I think um, there are definitely guys who are in. I can think of at least one. I think uh, mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Um, uh, like a guy who who I think, and we'll talk about him when we get to him. But a guy who I think is in because of cups, who has not a similar resume to Dome, but like a, a resume that without the cups you would be like this guy, like Clark Gillis. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. Like there's a guy who you're like if you take away the cups, mm-hmm. you're like, wait a minute, this guy's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know how many of those guys there are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few for sure. Um, and I think there's definitely guys who, like Federico, for example, who were on teams that for a while were not very good, mm-hmm. who were the best player, who are in because they played in the 80s. Like, I yeah. think if you take Doan's career and you started in 1975 and finish it in 1997, yeah, maybe you get, uh, you get some, like, puffed-up numbers and he's yeah. in. Yeah, maybe. You know, it, I think I think if you just look at the numbers, then I think it's a definite no. Um, you know, for me, if you played fifteen hundred games and you're not over a thousand points, I really don't think you should get in. Yeah. Um, I think calculating for era, calculating for how bad his teams were, calculating for the fact that he never even had like a good top line on a bad team, really, um, I think affects all of his numbers a lot. Yeah. I think the fact that he played on you know, he made that 04 Canada team. Um, you know, that was a World Cup team where, like, they literally were taking all the star players. Um, and he made that team. It's pretty impressive that he was able to make that team. Yeah. Meaning, you know, he was a legit top-line player. I just don't think his stats would ever get him in. But I don't think he's that far off from some of the lower guys who ended up getting in uh, who may have played in a slightly better era for them to puff up their stats or... You know, they played on some slightly better teams. They have a couple of cups to their name or, you know, that kind of thing that kind of bumps them up to the point where they did get in. I would say that, you know, some of those guys probably, maybe my argument is that if Doan's not in, they probably shouldn't be in either. And I'd rather take them out than admit Doan. Maybe that's, that's my argument. Um, but I just feel like he's not so far off that he doesn't bear discussion. So at least there's that. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's why, that's why we talked about him, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Like he's, I, I think the, you know, I'm, I would like to think that his name has been bandied about, um, you know, or will be bandied about by at least a few people. And they'll be like, really? Nah, I don't know. Like, yeah, they'll talk about it and they probably won't put him in, but 
you know, at least they'll talk about him, I think, because uh, he had such a long end. Uh, you know, the whole playing for one team thing doesn't happen so often anymore. So I think sure that'll be like a little feather yeah. in his cap. Yeah. But I, I think if he had won a cup with that team and stayed with him his whole career, I think it's a different story maybe. So I, I, I would agree. If he won a cup, I think we'd, we'd be having a different conversation. Yeah. Or at least you'd be a lot closer to putting him in, I think. so. Speaking of players who've won a cup. There we go. Segway. <laughs> yeah, segue. To Brendan Shanahan, who played the exact same number of seasons, albeit a decade earlier, from oh. 1987 to 2009. Um. Unlike Shane Doan, he has some gaudy counting stats. He's 13th all-time in goals. He's 20th all-time in points. Um, he must be something or other all-time in games because Doan is also, is what I say, Doan is 15th all-time in games. So uh, Shannon must be like top 20. I didn't write that down for some reason. Um, according to Hockey References Point Share Metric, Shannon is the 19th best all time, uh, offensive player ever. Though that's, as we've talked about before, point shares are cumulative, so they don't take into account per game stuff. Um, or the 20th best Canadian player ever by point shares. So, uh, we I feel like we've talked about the 1987 draft a whole bunch of times yes, at this point. A lot of good players came out of that draft. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about Sakic and uh, Turgeon and Wesley mm -hmm. um, and other people I'm probably forgetting right now. Uh, oh yeah, Desjardins. Um, we will later be talking about Flurry at some point. Um, Shanahan uh, has the most goals in that draft and uh, third most assists and second most points. Second most points behind Sakic. Um, I mean, it's safe to say that he's probably the second best player in that draft. I think. I think so too. Yeah. I mean. Unless some someone really strongly objects and thinks Fleury or Turgeon is, but uh, what about John Leclerc? <laughs> or, or John Leclerc? Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I would still, yeah, Shanahan. Yeah, Theo Fleury is pretty, uh, pretty up there. There's, there's some good players in that draft, but yeah, yeah I, I would, I think it's pretty safe to say Brandon Shanahan's the second best player in that draft. I mean, Shanahan had, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, he, he played for a very long time, which helps. But he also, I think, uh, one of the differences between you know him and and uh, Flurry is that like Shanahan was able to play arguably more frequently with better players. You know, he was on better teams more often than not than Flurry was. Right? Like Flurry was briefly on Colorado, I think, but like aside from that, was on not the world's greatest teams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Shanahan is the second best player in his draft behind Sackick, which is, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, his era, he was the only player to play 1,500 games between 1987 and 2009. So if you drop that to 1,250 games, he's uh, he's uh, top five player, essentially, in that era, second in goals, um, fifth in points, uh 12th in assists. Um, so, you know, one of the top five players of his era, uh, which is not a surprise. Uh, he does not have a point per game average. And part of that is because uh, 82 game average. I mean, uh, because he played for a very long time. And at least some of that time he was, 
either very young or or very old and uh you know like his like final year he he scored 14 points in 34 games for example so you know he his stats are a little dragged down by his uh his tail ends of his career when he is 19 and 20 and, and uh, when he was 39 and 40, when he was not scoring it to the same level though, in his age 38 season, he scored 62 points in 67 games. So there you go. He had, some, he had weird, like he had some weird, like off years throughout his career. Yeah. Um, where he just like, you know, like didn't have a good, like age, 35 he didn't have a great year but then he had an excellent year at age 37 after the lockout go figure um he uh he has helped i believe is he helped by the adjustment yeah he's helped slightly by adjustment but it just makes him 74 points in 82 games instead of 73 so not much different um he uh the last couple years of his career two years of his career they recorded Corsi for, I think. Uh, he was still an average uh, possession player, but the team he was on, uh, first the Rangers and the Devils were much better, so he has, his, his relative possession stats are terrible. Yeah. But he was also 40. So, you know, they should be. The fact that he was even a 50% Corsi uh, player when he was 39 and 40 is... I feel like impressive. Yeah. Um, his, his, um, his power forward numbers, when you look at his like penalty minutes as combined to how many points and goals he had, yeah. they're, those are, those are pretty rare numbers to see in the NHL. Especially now. Yeah. I mean, but like his numbers in the nineties, you know, 174 penalty minutes and 51 goals. Like that's not happening anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you're spending too much time in the penalty box, or then the next year, 52 and 211. That's pretty much not happening anymore. But even in the dead puck era, he he was still like pretty consistently a 30 goal scorer or close to 40, or even sometimes over 40. Like, I mean, that during that era, that was that was really hard to come by. Yeah, yeah. You, had, you had one 50 goal scorer per year if you were lucky. Yeah. Like most people didn't even threaten it. So, I mean, those are really impressive numbers. Yeah, and he, he scored forty goals six times, which is yeah. a lot. It's a lot, uh, yeah. you know. And and he was when we get to it, you know, he he consistently scored goals uh, at a very rare, like his, his for him to just play as long as he did and score goals as frequently as he did. Like very yeah. few people have done what he've done. Mm-hmm. Before we get to that, though, we should talk about the trades. Oh, yeah. he, was, he was involved in two. Um, um, pretty big ones. Uh, the first of which was a uh, straight up for Chris Pronger. Yeah. Um, uh, when he was he was uh, he was on St. Louis, and uh, I believe he so he started. He was drafted by Jersey, and then he famously was was he the guy? Scott Stevens was the compensation, right? Yes. Yeah. So he was signed. By, as a restricted free agent by St. Louis, and the compensation for the Devils was Scott Stevens, and one of the weirder, significant interactions in the history of the NHL, because Scott Stevens then became the Devils' uh, number one defenseman until uh, Niedermeyer replaced him, and uh, you know won three cups with the Devils, yep. and and so that was momentous, and. You got to think that if you're St. Louis, 
given that you've won zero cups since then, that maybe you regret that. Um, but nobody knew Scott Stevens was going to become such an important part of the Devils. And also, Scott Stevens was an offensive defenseman in the 1980s and totally changed his career at some point. So hmm. you could have seen that coming. So four years later, he was traded straight up for Chris Pronger uh, to Hartford. And uh, that was a big deal. Uh, Chris Pronger was, you know, at, at that point, I believe wasn't Chris Pronger supposed to be a bit of a like bust, right? He'd been like, he'd been drafted second overall after Dag, and like he was minus 15 for his career and wasn't, he was on the whalers and not, you know, I, my, 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 uh, what I've, the little bit of reading I've done on the subject, I feel like Pronger was like considered, you know, as as what happens with twenty year old defensemen, he hadn't figured out the NHL yet, which is like totally normal for a defenseman that that age. And so, Hartford thought they were getting, um, you know, they were sort of making the right decision. And of course, Pronger went on to want to win uh, the Hart Trophy with St. Louis, as we've talked about deservedly. We both think. And, uh, and so, you know, that, I mean, Shanahan's a, a great player, Hall of Famer, and, and, you know, it wasn't a terrible trade, but it also might have been a little short-sighted on the part of Hartford. Yeah. But, I mean, well, that's Hartford, right? So Yeah. Well, I mean, as, as we will see shortly, it was very short-sighted on their part. Um, but, but, the, but the thing is, too, um, and this, this is really interesting, it's that, I think that was probably the least, even though, you know, it's for Pronger. Um, I think that's the least controversial trade, even though it's like a number two for a number two. Um, it's very interesting how it went down for them to get Shanahan. Like that deal was sort of like a benchmark in NHL history because free agency had just basically begun. Right. Yeah. Um, and so Shanahan uh, signed as free agent with the Blues, um, and then the the art they they had an independent a judge's decision was like an independent arbitrator, sort of like the the, the uh, people who are listening to this later. The Tom Wilson decision just came down; an independent arbitrator overruled the commissioner. Well, in this case, the judge decides to what's going to happen, what's fair compensation for this signing. Um, and the compensation ended up being Scott Stevens, who was 27 years old and a premier defenseman. He was the St. Louis Blues captain yeah, and got traded for a 22-year-old Brendan Shanahan. Now, we know Shanahan's awesome um, because we're, you know, in retrospect, and we know he's in the Hall of Fame. But at the time, Scott Stevens is also in the Hall of Fame. They were losing one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Now, apparently... Shanahan wasn't just courted by the Blues, but that the Rangers also were looking at trying to get him. Um, uh, they ended up signing Adam Graves as a free agent with compensation, but it's not; it wasn't expected to go to arbitration. This one did go to arbitration, meaning the two teams couldn't come to an agreement. Yeah, um, and basically once you signed them with compensation, if you couldn't reach an agreement, they'd send it to a judge and he would decide what's fair compensation. Um, and when he called the teams, the devils were celebrating and the blues were really upset. <laughs> um, 
is a direct quote from Lou Lamarillo. I'm delighted about the decision, Lou Lamarillo, pre, uh, pres, Lou Lamarillo, president of the Devils, uh, who had submitted to Houston that Stevens should be the compensation for Shanahan. That's basically Lou Lamarillo's idea. The Blues submitted a package of lesser players, just thinking we'll send you a bunch of players for him. Um, and then basically he's just like, hey, we have Scott Stevens on our blue line. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the... The Blues are like, well, now we've got a 22-year-old prospect in Shanahan, and we just lost our captain. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, Stevens at the time was in Toronto for the Canada Cup, and this being 1987, well, um, you can imagine which Canada Cup that is. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he's a, he's he played eight seasons with the Capitals, and then he got signed as a free agent by the Blues for five first-round selections in the draft. Jesus. And then they lost him just for Shanahan. That, um, that didn't work out well. Oh, yeah. You know, he's he's so highly regarded in the league. The Blues made him captain in his first season with the team. <laughs> um, and then apparently the Rangers were also interested, but Neil Smith, the Rangers manager, and by the way, this may have saved them the cup, therefore screwing over my Canucks, so now I'm upset again. Um, I'm always upset about it. Um for fear of wanting losing a guy like Brian Leach or James Patrick to the Devils, he decided not to submit an offer for Shanahan. <laughs> so, but then he signed Graves and didn't end up having to go to compensation. So, uh, but apparently there used to be a system of like a Type One free agent, which means yeah. there will be compensation for them. Yeah, it's just you don't know what the compensation will be when you sign the guy. So it's it's a weird thing. Um, man, that's something else. Different. What era. a weird, wild world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then, so then uh, they, the Blues, four years later, go to get their franchise defenseman back. They decide to go for Chris Pronger, and that worked out pretty well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I mean, obviously, they didn't. Uh, they they underperformed in the playoffs. Let's put it that yes. way. Uh, but during the regular season, they were excellent for a number of years, and uh, you know they were the best team in the league at least one year. They won the Presidents oh, yeah. Trophy. Um, you know, and, and Pronger won a heart with them and, and, uh, so, and a Norris and, you know, worked out pretty well. Hartford, uh, had Shanahan for a year and a half, mm-hmm. uh, I believe just one season. Um, yeah, what a season and a bit season in two games <laughs> and they traded, speaking of number two picks, they traded Shanahan to the Red Wings for Brian Glenn, or no, sorry, with Brian Glenn, uh, who is a player I don't remember. I for do. Paul, barely. For Paul Coffey, who was very old. Uh, you, how old was Paul Coffey when this happened? Paul, Paul Coffey was like 35. Yeah. Uh, ish. Um, no, he, sorry. Yeah, he was, he was, yeah, he was 35. Sorry. He got, cause he got traded twice that year. Um, for Paul Coffey, uh, for Keith Primo, and I'm just trying to get back to the page. Uh, Paul Coffey, Keith Primo, and uh, a first-round choice, uh, Nikos Celios. Um, anyway, uh, we know how that worked out. Mm-hmm. Shanahan went on to win some Stanley Cups. Um, he helped. He helped Detroit get over the hump, so to speak. Yeah. Um, was there for a very, very long time. And, uh, you know, Primo 
I was a big Keith Primo fan, but he's not Brendan yeah. Shanahan. Exactly. And, yeah, but you know, I think they I think at that point they sort of realized that Shanahan was probably going to bolt at some point. So they said, if we move him, we can get Keith Primo, who's going to be controllable and a good player for a very long time. Yeah. Keith Primo took a while to hit his stride in terms of like becoming that great of a player. Like he was so much better at the end of his career than I remember him being at the beginning of his career. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was, he was definitely like, uh, when he was traded to, um, he was 24 or 25 when he traded to Hartford, but he was, you know, he just scored 27 goals for the first, well, no, he scored 30 goals before that. So he had some off and on years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Hartford moved to Carolina and, uh, you know, he was eventually they traded him to Philly, um, where he was pretty good, but he hurt a lot. And I believe yeah. had concussion problems at some point. Oh, he's um, poor guy, yeah. But like, it definitely, I mean, basically it was, uh, they, they were selling high because Primo was, you know, he had pedigree, if if nothing else, right? Because he had also yep. been drafted second overall, I believe. Yeah. And uh, and they were getting also weirdly, I mean, Paul Coffey, which, I mean, at that point of his career, I don't know how much uh, there was left of him, but you were, yeah. you know, you were getting Paul Coffey, a future Hall of Famer, and a, a a young former prospect for your, like you said, a guy who probably was not going to stick around when he got to free agency again. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, I mean, it, it probably made sense for both teams at the time. It definitely worked out better for uh, the Red Wings, but the Red Wings were already stacked. So yeah. uh, at that point, yes, they were um, pre salary. Anyway, so those... out there. Um, yeah. 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 They, they could just do whatever they wanted. Um, and they did. They had a ton of players uh, who were very good. Um, so uh, that's the trades. Um, Shanahan has some uh, some. He had some success <laughs> as, as a goal scorer. <laughs> um, so earlier I mentioned that he scored forty goals six times. He was only one of twenty three players to ever do that. He's also only one of thirteen players to ever score thirty goals twelve times. He is one of only seven players to score 25 goals 16 times. And he's only one of four players to score 20 goals 19 times or all wow. but two years he was in the league. So he's prolific. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he scored a lot. Um, and, and very consistently, you know, he's he also uh, scored 50 points 17 times. And that puts him in elite company as well. So in addition to having a couple of years where he scored 100 points, or sorry, one year where he scored 100 points, and a bunch of times where he scored 90 or 80 points, he just scored a fair amount every year for the vast majority of his career. It's it's almost unheard of. Uh, certainly, the degree he scored goals, you know, only Jordy ha- uh, Howe, Ron Francis, and uh, Dave Andrzejczyk scored 20 goals as many times as Shanahan did. Man. So. Um, he had a, you know, as 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 a consistent goal scorer, there was a, there were a few others compared him. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he was, you know, he he wasn't as elite at his peak as like some of the people we've talked about. You know, he was he only yeah. was top ten five times. Uh, so compared to some guys, he wasn't as elite, but he was insanely consistent, and he did have uh, what. 
two fifty goal seasons, two fifty goal seasons. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, he's got you know he he has a bit of a peak, but he has that huge, huge, long, long career where he was just very good for a very long time. Yeah, probably 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 over that period, you would have to say the best power forward in the game. I don't know how yeah. you could argue that anybody else was better. Um, maybe, maybe you know, if Cam Neely hadn't been cut short by injury and he'd played closer to that long, maybe you could make that argument. But Shanahan was a heck of a player, and I mean, the minute Red Wings got him, they were like, "Wow, these guys are big, unstoppable." Um, yeah, Eiserman had learned how to play defense by that point. You're like, "Oh boy, <laughs> like those are two really hard guys to play against now." Yeah, uh, so they were something else. And he, he of course, had. Lots of success. Yes, I, I don't um, even need to go through all of his accomplishments. There were so many, um, <laughs> you know, multiple cups. He played for the Wings during their heyday, so you know yeah. he's on multiple cup champions. Yeah, um, you know, you know that he, uh, you know, he was uh, on some. Uh, he was on a World Cup runner-up. Uh, he was on uh, a Canada Cup champion, Olympic champion. Sorry. He won the Olympic champ. He won the Olympics. He also won the World Championships. Yeah, he was on the O2 team. That's right as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got he's got everything. I think yeah, he really does. Yeah. It's, so like it's it's hard to argue against. It's hard to uh, contemplate a more complete career for a power forward. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form, because he was also you know like I mean even you look up his YouTube highlights of stuff he did like one of the number one ones that pops up is him tackling Patrick Roy at center ice in that huge brawl and it's just like man that guy could score 50 goals and uh, tackle a goalie and get into a huge fight like he was he could just do everything on the ice you know I mean he's a heck of a hockey player um not being a wings fan he wasn't always my favorite guy I didn't like playing against him but he was you know he's undeniably one of the greatest players of his generation I think is a slam dunk for the Hall of Fame like there's no Anybody who would argue against it, like I would sort of maybe have to, you know, maybe have to take them outside and pull their jersey over their head or something. Over 600 goals playing part of his career during the clutch and grab era, like a good chunk. So, I mean, come on. Yeah, no, it's a slam dunk. It's an absolute slam dunk. I mean, if he's not in, it's you have a silly Hall of Fame, I think. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. That would that he's an easy one. It's nice to have somebody like that. Yeah, yeah super, super easy. It's simple. There's yeah. yeah. So uh should we move on to punch? Let's move on to punch. I should have looked up his real name. I think I knew it at one point, but um so Punch Broadbent is acclaimed by some people as the first ever power forward. Or Harry. Harry? Yes, his his real name is Harold Lawton Broadbent. Okay. Um, and he, uh, you know, because he was like, he was one of the early players to involve, uh, you know, uh, using his body, I guess, to, to drive the play as much, as much as his stick. Um, as usual, he's an old timer and we don't know a ton about the guy, but we do know that he was a very, very good player at times. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, he was, uh. He was basically primarily an NHL player. He he played in the NHL first, um, and I believe I can't remember if he 
I think what, oh yeah, that's what it was. He was in the NHA and then he got drafted and fought in World War One, or at least participated in World War One in some way. And then he came back to the NHL. So unlike a lot of the other players we talked about, he, he played a chunk of his career in the NHL. So we have much more knowledge about him than we do with some of these other guys who played in the WCHL or the PHA. Um, he was, you know, one of the top 10 uh, players, offensive players of his era. Uh, you know, top 10 in points at his retirement. Um, he'd also top five in goals at his retirement. Um, he, he was, a he, he was healthy too. He, he, uh, was one of the, uh, games played leaders multiple times throughout his career. Um, and of the five players to play at least 300 games between 1918 and 1929 in the NHL, he is top five, um, which is not saying anything, but, um, doesn't this sound impressive, but very few players have played 300 games, obviously just five had. So, um, he had a, uh, a two game average of 47 points, which sounds terrible, but that was the era. It started out really high scoring and then it went significantly lower scoring by the end of his career. Um, do you a better idea? His three year peak was 29 points. Uh, it was a, uh, 24 game average of 29 points. So he was more than a point a game player at the beginning of the NHL when that was common, but he was, you know, that was, that indicated that he was good. Um, he, uh, he, he, these old players, they don't meet um, requirements for leaderboards. So we don't know uh, where he would fit, but they're all, uh, all their stats are skewed anyway, when you adjust for era, because there was no uh, first assist and no forward pass and all that stuff. Um, he was traded a bunch of times including once for uh, Hooley Smith, who is another player that we're going to talk about at some point, if we haven't talked about him yet. Um, and he also refused to report to multiple teams, and so he got traded a bunch of times. Because, I mean, you know, back then when you're getting paid so little, why not, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, honestly, like, it was the difference between, you know, having to work in a factory or, you know, being able to stay at home for the summer, you know, like, or... or you know, own a home or, you know, have to rent an apartment. Uh, like life wasn't always easy back then. So, yeah. you, you know, we talked about player loyalty before and stuff. I mean, back then, if like a team wasn't the 1920s, if some guy, some really rich guy wanted to rip up your contract and say, oh, he didn't play well. I'm kind of like, who knows what they could just decide to do. You know, like, it was really hard. So if you got money by somebody else and he paid you a lot more, you just go. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, he was a, we think he was a top 20 player in the NHA as well, even though he only managed to play three seasons. That's so. true. Well, he, he, he's more famous for, um, he scored three goals in that Stanley cup final against the Vancouver millionaires yeah. in, in 1915. And that millionaires team was, uh, you know, the Patrick's and like, it was, the, and you know, they basically got all the best players over on the left coast so they could win a cup over there, uh, in yeah. 1915. And that was right before, you know, he, I guess he had had a, a great rookie year. Then he was had a bunch of injuries the next, and then um, he was four. I think he finished fourth in scoring in the NHA that year. And then he scored three goals in the Cup final, so everybody sort of knew who he was, or he was starting to gain a reputation. And then he went to war for three and a half years, um, which he volunteered for too. He oh, he wasn't drafted. Okay, not drafted now. Oh, yeah, because uh, the draft would have been later. Yeah, and uh, and he won a military. Uh, 
Remembrance Day just passed a couple days ago, so um, worth noting. He he won a military uh, the military medal, which is honor uh, awarded for bravery and uh, courage. So okay, he, he performed some sort of courageous act while he was in World War One. So he actually uh, did serve, I guess, at least relatively close to the front. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't know, right? Like sometimes. It, the 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 army is a funny thing because some of these guys and and obviously not broadband but some of them actually just like got put in the army and then played on the army hockey team. Oh, yeah. I know that. Yeah, but I I think that sort of came later. World War One. I, I don't think at that point. I don't think hockey was a big enough deal then. No, no, they're definitely definitely uh, one of the players we talked about in the past. I can't remember who yet played definitely played games for an army hockey team. Now, whether or not he did anything well, else in the army, I don't know. No, World War One. World War One. That is, uh, that's, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, given that he was awarded that medal, I really don't think that's weird. Yeah, no, no. I'm, yeah, I'm not saying uh, yeah. Punch Broadbent did, but somebody, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. Uh, know, yeah, because he, he was like, he, he like led the team in scoring or something. Star, right? Like, Sorry? He must have already been a pretty big star, like well-known before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it was somebody older. It was definitely somebody older, yeah. Because, like, I mean, he was at the beginning of his career. There's no way he would have got that kind of treatment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so he was, uh, when he did come back, he was a very good player in the NHL. He was the probably the best player in 1922. And had the heart existed, he might have won it. We don't know. Ooh. Um, and he led the league in goals and assists and points that year. So he probably would have won the heart. Um, he was the best player. Uh, and then it's a couple other really good years as well. Um, you know, and then he was like, as Bill mentioned, he also had some good years, a couple good years, in the uh, two good years in the NHA. Um, but I mean, like, I think right away when you like, you know, you're the best player, at least one year in the NHL, I think it's becomes a pretty slam dunk case, especially back then when there were four teams or whatever there were. Um, he had some, he didn't he he was never like aside from that that team that um that bill mentioned which i forgot to include in our notes here uh where he had the those three goals he didn't have the greatest success in the playoffs in the nhl he was always a top line player but he was never by points anyway he was never the star to give you one example um in one year in um in 1923 he managed to score no points in the nhl playoffs but back then they were only a few games but then he was like the best player in the Stanley Cup finals against uh, whether it was the PCHA or the WCHL team. I don't remember. Um, so he was, you know, inconsistent um, in terms of scoring. Uh, like another example in, uh, in 26, he, he led the NHL playoffs in points, but then had one point in the Stanley Cup finals um, against, again, against uh, a non NHL team as was the case back then. But I mean, so, so evening that out, he was sort of a top three, four, because he, we, we, you know, back then they, they only had what seven players or whatever. Um, but um, he was definitely a star. It's just, he, it, you're talking about really small sample sizes back then too. You're talking about like, you know, two or three game series and, yeah. and, um, and the playoffs being like one or two rounds tops. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to be really, really picky when you, you know, like everyone has, has, uh, bad stretches. Yeah. 
And I mean, he did score. He just didn't necessarily score consistently in the playoffs. That would be the only knock against him, as far as I can tell, is that, you know. Yeah. Although, you know, apparently the cup that they won with the Maroons when he was almost at the end of his career, he, you know, was regarded as a force and he, you know, sort of scared him. He'd be racked up, uh, was it 30, 36 penalty minutes, I think, in one of the finals. Sounds right. Yeah. 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 Like he just sort of ran roughshod over the other team and sort of did whatever he wanted. Um, his his yeah. nickname used to be Old Elbows. <laughs> so I think he was sort of like a forerunner of the Gordy Howe, but maybe not with the yeah. scoring prowess of a Gordy Howe. Um, but certainly like a player to uh, to be feared in the corners, a player who was really hard to play against. Uh, and, you know, sort of like the first guy to sort of play like that. So people are like, wow, you can play hockey like that. And he, yeah. what, what's, what's neat to note about him too is, and I don't know this for a fact, I'm trusting Wikipedia on this, which who knows. Um, but apparently he was only uh, five foot seven. <laughs> oh, that's what I, don't I, know what the, I don't know what the height of like hockey players was back then though. On the other hand. Five foot seven, he, he couldn't have been the biggest guy on the ice, but he, he was five foot seven and 183 pounds. So Knowing what we know about how like hockey players have generally speaking gotten bigger over the ages, yeah. uh, he 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 may have been the stockiest gentleman on the ice. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, that would make sense, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting to think about the fact that if he's regarded as the first power forward, like nobody else really played like that. And when we talk about every other player's, his nickname is Old Elbows. Every other guy's nickname is like Cyclone or, you know, turn, yeah. like everybody's like about how fast or how well he skates. And this guy's like, ah, I'll put an elbow in your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess he's that guy, you know, like, but you know, using his size or his stockiness to keep people away from the puck and sort of, I don't need to be the best skater because I can just work my way around you sort of thing. It's yeah. Interesting to think that somebody would have thought to play the game like that. And be yeah, really, and who knows yeah. why that happened? I mean, it might have been just necessity. It might have been, yeah. might have uh, just been some like, other reason. People are like, yeah, well, that's like nobody had thought of doing it because they just thought they could always outskate the other guy, and he's just like, I know I can't outskate you, but I'm bigger or stockier than you are. I'm going to go through you. And yeah. then referees like, there actually is no rule against this. We can't call him for anything. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, man. This is a new tech, new technique we can use. Um, it's it's hard to know how physical the game would have been back then without being there, right? Like it's yeah, yeah, it's we were there watching film and nothing. Like, who knows how much stick work there was? How much guys were allowed to? I mean, back then, you know, the uh, like Canadian football and uh, American football wasn't really a big thing yet, but I, rugby was. I bet you there was a lot of like just sort of you guys go bumping into the corner. Whatever happens, happens. Like, who knows, right? So I don't know. It, it would have been very. Would have been very interesting to see a game of that era played in that style, just to sort of see what it would have been like. You know, would it, it would have been an exciting brand of hockey, or would it have been like, wow, these skates suck, and these guys are just sort of well, they you know, can't and they can't pass corner till one guy falls down and then somebody comes out with the puck. Like, who knows what it like pass the puck forward, right? Like for much exactly. for much of his career, so yeah, yeah so he's more of a rugby player yeah almost so it would have been uh it would have been very i don't know it'd be interesting to see some video but uh it would it would be very very different i think Mm -hmm. yeah but i think you're absolutely right like he he did like as far as we know he he sort of originated um 
you know, this particular way of playing hockey that, that was vitally important for a long time and maybe less so now uh, than it has been in a long time. But for a long time, that's what teams wanted, right? They, many teams, you'd want a power forward on your first line along with a more skilled player. Yeah. Well, you know what? Everybody keeps saying that too. And then you look at like last year's playoffs and you know, the capitals besides Ovechkin, probably their most, and he's a fairly physical guy as well. Uh, like I would qualify him as a power forward, but um, their most effective guy besides that was probably Tom Wilson. Cause it was the playoffs and he was just, you know, running roughshod over people. So it's like, yeah, the NHL is more speed and skill. When it comes down to the playoffs or the referees sort of put the whistles away, that power forward guy is really useful to have. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, m- maybe Broadbent wasn't the first guy to play rough like that, but maybe the first guy to also be good and yeah. play rough like that. So it wasn't like, you know, like you get the occasional goon. You're like, yeah, you don't want to go into the corner with that guy, but if he takes the puck from you, he's not going to score. He sucks. This guy, guy who takes the puck away from you, he's going to score too. He's really good. <laughs> There's a guy whose name I can't remember who we decided not to talk about who was a star in the NHA. Well, not star. Yeah. He was like popular in the NHA. And then early, like he was on the, the Habs, I think, mm-hmm. into the NHL. And we didn't talk about him because uh, he didn't score. Yeah. But he was like considered a vital part of like the best line in hockey for a while. And I think that's what his job was, was he was just like the goon. And yeah. and the difference between him and Broadbent, and I wish I could remember his name right now, but is that Broadbent was a really good scorer for a yeah. time, whereas this guy was not. Like I don't even remember if he scored 20 goals, um, yeah. even in the NHA. The guy I'm thinking of, who's, I wish I could remember his name. I think we mentioned him in the Didier Petra episode. Oh, we may have, yeah. Yeah, because I think he was on that line. But... Um, Anyway, yeah, so yeah, Broadbent definitely seems to be like the first guy to combine, you know. Uh, the the thing that I hate, which is like penalty minutes is a proxy for toughness, but like <laughs> given that you didn't have other knowledge, other ways of quantifying it, yeah. um, sort of combine that the the penalty minutes and scoring thing. Yeah. I just, you know, what if they if they would just distinguish between different types of penalties in those minutes, then I think you could attempt to use it as a proxy for top this. The problem is like hooking penalties and tripping penalties are not necessarily proxies for toughness. No, they are not. No, but fighting and roughing and cross checking, I suppose are like, okay, you're mixing it up. You're in the corners. You're that kind of player. You can at least tell the style of game they played, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing though, is like the thing that I always loved about that is like, yeah, are you accounting for the, any of the goals that were scored on the ensuing other team uh, power play for the other team? Yeah, yeah, no, um, that's not something people thought about. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess we should uh, we should um, you know reiterate our uh, our our votes. So Shane Doan, yay or nay? Uh, painfully nay. <laughs> I'm also gonna say nay. Brendan Shanahan. Yeah, that's a big uh, that's a big one for me. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, absolutely. And punch. I would say, given his importance to the style of the game that we've come to know and love, and the fact that he actually could score goals and wasn't just some sort of uh, bruiser out there, I would say yes. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. All right, uh, that's it for us today, and uh, thanks everyone for listening, and we will see you next time. Take care.